0: all right everybody welcome to the 339th edition of the holy backboard podcast i'm dustin here in sunny rip city and i got my man
1: sage just put on the portable ac unit because it's getting kind of toasty but uh you know what's not toasty is watching these blue dude blue devils try and play basketball because it's such a such a crapshoot but we'll get into that even more a little later so we're going to be talking about the two draft eligible Dukies.
0: I will focus uh, primarily on Derek Lively, the second 7 1, 215 pound center from Duke. Uh, reportedly has a 7 uh, 7 wingspan, uh, is 19 years old, and um, he was the number three overall prospect in the class of 2022, uh, according to Rivals out of uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. You look at his statistics from this past year, and he was ACC All-Freshman, 2023 All-ACC Tournament team member, and he was on the ACC All-Defensive team. Uh, In 34 games for the Blue Devils, he started uh, 27 of those games, played in just under 21 minutes, uh, averaged uh, 5.2 points on uh, 66% shooting from the field. Uh, Did not really come close to having much of an impact on the three-point line, Uh, 15% from three, but that's on less than half an attempt per game. So don't put too much stock there. And also 60% from the foul line, but he only took one free throw attempt per game. So tough to put a lot of stock in those numbers. Uh, Grabbed 5.4 rebounds, uh, handed out 1.1 assists, 0.5 steals, 2.4 blocks, and Sage, he did this for a, a Blue Devil team that uh, kind of fell short uh, of expectations in coach John Shire's first season uh, in Durham. And the, the thing that, that stands out to me when you look at Derek Lively is just the overall variance and where people kind of see him projected. You have Tankathon who has him as the 20th best prospect. You have the ringer who has him all the way up at number 15. But uh, for me, I, I think he's much lower on on my draft board, just because. And if and if you follow the NFL and the NFL draft, the you know college football, there was a player, and I'm going to draw parallels to it in Bijan Robinson. You know, running backs are kind of like the the rim running centers of of, of the NBA game. That they're just they're they're an absolute luxury, and you don't really need them to win. But if you have everything and you have multiple picks and you feel like they're the best player available, then by all means, go out and grab that player. And that's exactly how I feel about Derek Lively. I I don't think you take him in the lottery. I don't think you take him if you just have, like if you have other holes to fill, I think you really need to address those because in today's day and age of NBA basketball, even the elite of the elite, when it comes to rim protectors, and that's prime like Rudy Gobert, can still be played off of the floor because of the lack of offensive uh, skill set in in their toolbox. And that's exactly what we're looking at with, with Derek Lively. He is going to be a dominant weak side shot blocker. But that's and he's going to be a dominant pick and roll threat off. For, for I, li- a I
1: like his movement a lot. Like his movement he, skills are great. He
0: does have pretty good movement. So. You can take a chance and say, yeah, I think you can go out there and you can, you can hedge. You can really try to disrupt and blow up a pick and roll and stay out there on an island. You know, given his length, he is able to to defend uh, those guards out there and you know close out on shots. Like he can play off, he can kind of almost do a pseudo drop coverage and and hedge because of the the length and athleticism that he does possess. But if if I'm the Blazers, and that's primarily what we're looking at here. The intriguing aspect of Derek Lively is if Portland does luck out on Tuesday and lands Victor Wembanyama. And I say that because you want Wembanyama, similar to what OKC is going to do with Chet Holmgren, is you want to play him at the four. You don't need him down there taking a bunch of body blows, uh playing in the paint. He is a perimeter unicorn. Let him go out there and just space the floor, give him as much room to operate, and on the defensive end, really have other avenues for him to, uh, I think, just kind of collapse the floor as much as possible. And if you can add the length of a Lively with a Wimbanyama, you are shrinking that court significantly on the defensive end. Wimbanyama can go out and play on the perimeter. Lively can as well. I mean, you just have so much length that you could really disrupt whatever any opposition wants to throw at you. So that that's where I would love Lively. But if Portland doesn't luck out and gets Wimbanyama, I, I don't know if it makes a ton of sense just because the skill set is so limited at this point um, with, with Lively. I mean, I was watching the playoffs and you look at a guy like Nicole Jokic and just the touch he has is unprecedented that I've ever seen. Lively is the complete opposite. I mean, Buddy has, has no touch around the rim and it's going to take a long time for him to figure that out and you know there's a reason gobert was played off of the playoffs or off of the court is because he couldn't take advantage of when teams went small and he was able to uh post up against a smaller defender. He just didn't have that touch around the rim. Now if Lively does two things, three things. Bulk's up, he's at he's at 230 right now. He needs to, he needs to get bigger. He needs to get more touchdown low and if he does develop just even a league average catch and shoot from 3, that is going to completely unlock him as a prospect. Like if you looked at the AAU tape versus what he's sh- shown at Duke, the shot's not completely broke, but he just lacks so much confidence. I think he just needs to go in the lab. I think this is a prime G League candidate year one, and if he is just able to do that, I mean now you're 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 going from just a one dimensional player to a two to three dimensional player that can can now play on the court. Because if you play him right now he's going to muck up your offense and it's, it's going to be, you have to have the perfect scheme and skill set around him to make up for him. Just kind of clogging that pain.
1: I, I feel like the Duke Duke just. So I was, I was excited to see what Shire could do because of what he did with AJ and let him dribble the ball and initiate some of the offense. But now it's just the Jeremy road show. And I was looking and Lively's usage rates like the lowest it can possibly be, so we just don't see it. so I could argue, and I I don't really believe it, but I could argue that we just like we just didn't see it because of Shire's bad player management. he could be so much more and if someone had him at fifteen, I wouldn't argue with it much because of the because we just didn't see it. But I also could see, like, oh yeah, if he's twenty eight, yeah, I get it. He just did not produce it. <sighs> watching him try and do anything in that Duke offense and defense, it's just, it's just tough because of how mismanaged it was with assets. But the fact is that he is a de- like he is an athletic guy that can play defense and rebound. There are ways to make it so he isn't a complete non-factor offensively but I just don't know if Chauncey Billups is going to be that guy to do it I mean if Chauncey's there a lot of things change between you know what we think about these prospects so but it, it's it, it's just a shame like if I was Derek Lively I would I would have hit that transfer portal because it's just not a good it's such a bad look for him on that Duke team and I know Duke's a premium place to go but god damn it was just a mismanage of assets. Like I would love to see what he did can do, like with more pick and roll. And I, I know the college game is not based on getting easy points off the pick and roll, but I would love to see if like, okay, how good is he at navigating the pick and roll and finishing and stuff like that? So, it, it for both of these prospects, it was a huge mismanagement of assets. But I feel like. If you have a lot of things, he is a very nice luxury pick to have. And if, you know, like we now have a G League, I think he would do very good, but he just needs to have more usage rate and responsibilities because he was like at New Noel level of being involved offensively. And for being like the second, arguably one of the top three high school recruits to just be treated like absolutely nothing. Like the backup center got more usage than the starting blue chip, number two number three player in the in the class so (laughs) either Derek Lively is just absolutely awful or it was a huge mismanagement of assets to to just absolutely not include him in anything but I see a lot of draft people talk about how they're worried about his lack of posting up there's only four players that post up it doesn't matter. He what if he's a good offensive player, he's rim running. He is not trying to post up in the center of the paint. That is not part of the game unless you're the elite of the elites. So
0: yeah, these that, top prospects need to stop going to Duke. I mean, I mean, seriously, like even Ben Carroll looked somewhat mediocre in my eyes, yeah. at, at Duke, and you saw how he was unleashed um at, at Orlando. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you were Derek Lively, you need to think of I need to be spoon-fed everything. That that's Mm -hmm. what he is right now. Everything has to be served on a silver platter for him to finish it. How good would he have looked, you know, at Gonzaga next to himmy at UCLA playing with Tiger Campbell and Jaime Hawkins, even UConn with with Jordan Hawkins, you know, getting so much of the attention there under you know just Mm -hmm. clearly running a great program under Dan Hurley. Like these prospects need to quit getting. I think wind and dined by these by these blue blood programs just because of the name across their jerseys. Like when when has Duke been like legit good? And I'm talking about like national championship. It's been like 2015 is the last time they yeah, won. Yeah, it, it, it
1: was the Tyus
0: year, right? I and they had a true freaking point guard in Dude. Tyus Jones. You, the collegiate game is solely based on guard play. You have to have a floor general in the in the truest sense that is just going to set everything up. And just be the conductor of, of that offense. And when you go, especially to Duke, who hasn't had a great point guard, especially a great point guard draft prospect in ages, you're just setting yourself up to not be, you know, utilized uh, properly. But one other thing I want to discuss about Lively is the success of a of, of Walker Kessler, right? And everyone saw how, you know valuable he was for utah first team all rookie i believe he finished top three in rookie of the year voting was taken in the 20s clearly in a redraft he's going easily in the lotto and you and i both watched a lot of walker kessler last year because we were doing deep dives into Jabari smith and we caught pretty much every auburn game that came on television and i'll be honest i didn't see a ton of lively live action because you know had had a young one Uh, on on the way and you know clearly that took up all all of my time but just watching the there's two things that that stood out to me when you watch the tape with with lively versus you know watching Kessler in live action Walker Kessler was elite like the elite of the elite at shot blocking at the collegiate level averaged I believe uh 5.4 or excuse me 4.6 blocks per game Like he was the defensive player of the year in the SEC, and he was getting a lot of his blocks off of just phenomenal instincts and timing and positioning. It's just kind of no brainer weak side shot blocks. Like he's using that incredible length, and he's going out and getting it. Like there's not a lot of standing up his man and just meeting him at the apex, right? Like he's I I get a Mark
1: Williams vibe from him.
0: Yeah, he's just he's not going to be that type of 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 defender, and two. Walker Kessler's 245 coming out of Auburn. Lively is 230. That 15 pounds at the NBA level is is a huge difference. And Kessler also showed flashes on offense, right? He also showed the ability, even in uh, Bruce Pearl's offense, he got a couple of opportunities and he showed a three-point range. He showed some signs of life on the offensive end. Lively just hasn't shown that. So I I, I caution Blazer fans out there to say, oh, we're just going to draft the next Walker Kessler. They're completely... In different stratospheres as prospects i was so high on walker kessler um and i'm glad to see he's doing well because it's always fun when an evaluation of a prospect uh matches up to their actual production uh, he's got a long ways to go before he is a walker kessler type of prospect is that the comp that's going around for no no but i do think you're going to see a lot of pundits say look at the success that that walker kessler had you know we had him so low we thought he was just a defensive-minded big we got to go out and find the ne- next best def- draft prospect. Um, and, and people might say, oh, it's lively.
1: You also yeah, have, to look
0: look at, you have to look at the production. And I know he may have not been given the chance. But when I look at shot blockers at the collegiate level, when you see a, a number over four blocks, that's just you, there is no denying that production that that is at, at some point that has to translate that that number. Lively getting 2.4, that's that's an all right number. Um, it could translate, but it doesn't, it's not a, a near lock like Kessler's was. So I just I want to caution fans out there who see the success that Walker Kessler had and say, Yep, we're gonna replicate that with, with Derek Lively because it's it's not as complicated. Too
1: to, to completely different. Like I don't feel like Walker is the best movement guy either. He's I'm 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 standing in the paint trying to get these blocks where He's
0: also a better, I think, uh, man defender. Like, if you're trying to defend someone mano a mano, he has the the beef to do so.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But lively, like, if you're trying to get lively, the like, he 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 use that athleticism. Like, that that's where I'm kind of at. Like, yeah, I don't I don't see him being able to handle the beef of the NBA. But if he can use his athleticism and you know develop some of those the footwork and you know, that, that type of defense, I could see him being a, a pretty big problem defensively for other players. It's just, you know, how good of a defender can he be for the lack of offense that we've seen thus far? So that's kind of where we're at. But again, like if someone says he's, he's good enough to be a lottery, I'm like, Hey, you, mo- you know what? I'm not going to argue that hard. If he's going to be in the thirties, I you know what? I'm not going to argue that hard. It's one of those, mm. like,
0: 20s 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 that that's that that's his sweet spot in, in my opinion also i i would caution it's easy just to read like the ringer in their write-up and, and just kind of take that as 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 the word the gospel so to speak i just got done watching um adam spinerella coach spins uh the boxing one uh his scouting recap and i believe he dropped a stat that said that lively was like three of ten on hooks this year like just the touch was abysmal and you go to the ringer and their write-up and for the pluses, they say he displays touch near the rim. Uh, he doesn't. No, not right now. So the, you, when you read things, go back. And even if you're watching somebody's scouting reports that, that they you know produce for you, always find ones that are going to show you the positives and the negatives because he does not have touch. Like right now, he does not have touch. So that could be, an, he could develop touch. He doesn't have it. And I also think it's, Touch is something that's really hard to quantify. And a player like Jokic, he just has it, right? You can go into the gym and practice one-footers off-balance, getting pushed in the back as much as you want, but like, there's nothing like a game-speed attempt. Jokic just has touch. Some players just have great hands. Some wide receivers can just catch every ball thrown to their way. Others have hands of stone. Omar
1: Oshik stone hands it's it's
0: it's just something you can teach or something you can't if i'm drafting lively it's for the lob thread on the pick and roll and it's for um just length on the defensive end like i i don't don't bank on getting anything
1: else that that's all i'm gonna say so my 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 comps for him was nerland's noel mitchell robinson and if he gets really really good it's tyson chandler
0: Oh, I like the TC comparison. Yeah, he's going to have to get a mean. I, I haven't seen enough, but he's going to have to get a mean streak in him like like Tyson Chandler had. I really like the Tyson Chandler. Yeah, I don't think he's DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre is an elite athlete at that size. And, and dunk, he had beef. Yeah, dunking over Brandon Knight. Um, Lively is not going to do that. Um, you know, I kind of obviously I think there's a lot of Willie Colley Stein mm-hmm. to, to Lively. Um, and also an odd comparison that if if he does ever develop that that catch and shoot ability and he does beef up, I think if he like peaks peaks, he's gonna be a combination of Brooke Lopez in New Jersey with the the mobility, mm-hmm. but also Brooke Lopez in Milwaukee with the newly found defensive instincts and three-point shooting. Right. So you kind of get mm-hmm. the both the best world of Brook Lopez um in lively like i don't think that's ever going to happen but like when you throw in the potential to be a catch and shoot threat mm. at 7-1 it's a possibility but again I, I like the i think mitchell robinson probably is is the best bet if if i'm being being honest well, look at the usage rate
1: 20, of both of those players and it's just like wow well, this makes too much sense both of them just don't if you're, if you're getting ball. that
0: player in, in the 20s i think that's totally fine and again like but he might not even really... be
1: Nerland's Noel. He might just not be a professional basketball player. In yeah, he's,
0: he's, you know, he does. A big, a lot. Uh,
1: he's like he's a big what if that guy.
0: He's like Jaron Jackson Jr. He's like Zach Collins. He's a foul magnet. Okay. He's, he's going to have to figure out how to defend without fouling. And again, I think you're looking at a four to five year prospect. Like you're really going to have to invest. You're going to have to G League him. You're going to have to be patient. Um and and that's just that's just kind of what it is going to be. He he he's not going to be a day one fix for your no. defense. Okay. He's going to be a four to five year fix that you're going to have to really put a lot of you know time, effort, and energy into developing. And again, if, if Portland it, does get Wimbanyama, that's where you want to go after a lively because the length on the defense, like the, there is only a finite amount of operating room in the half court. You can shrink that significantly with two mobile bigs with. God, almost you know you're looking at 15 to 16 feet of wingspan combined mm-hmm. like that's just ridiculous like you could truly be a lockdown defense with those two roaming out there you could do if you got a coach with any sort of creativity on the defensive end of the floor like a nick nurse i mean it, it could really change the complete complexion of, of the nba with having those two in there i mean that's twin towers like that can move like, like gen z like yeah. that's just 3.0 not even
1: 2.0 so for the second duke player there's Derek whitehead who is a 6 190 pound small forward and i honestly think he's heavier than that i would say he's about 210 215 220 he was an espn number two player he is 18 years old and will be 18 when the draft starts he's very young and I, I think that there's something about me and what I like in a draft prospect where they the prospect used to be a very athletic good shooter that goes to Duke, <laughs> just like AJ Griffin. But I I, I has a lot of AJ Griffin in his game. Both are very nutty catch-and-shoot shooters. Dariq, when he first went to Duke, had no lift. But he stayed on. He stayed in the air forever. He just had no lift because of he had a heel injury. I thought he was going to tear his Achilles one game. It was a very scary injury. But he it, it turned out to be all right. He, he his heel needs another surgery, but they said he'll be good to go for the season. So obviously, there's a lot of negatives right here while I'm talking about it. But what I see in him is a guy that can relocate and shoot threes, he still has a really quick first step so he can get by the defender. And then he's starting to, he started to get his bounce back so he can be more athletic at the hoop. I don't really know if he'll ever recover enough athletically to be like one of those just super bouncy wings. Cause when I saw his high school tape, I'm like this dude. And the, the guy that I saw at Duke are completely different, different humans. He's definitely a G league guy, but the things that I can count on is the, sh- the, the tough shot making the catch and shoot. He's going to be one of those classic off ball wings, but he's a power wing. So he can use his strength and get into the paint and do some work. And the one thing that he has that A.J. Griffin doesn't, he actually tries really hard defensively and puts in that effort. Obviously, J- Coach John Shire really didn't do well with either of these two prospects, but I think Dariq got it even worse because he didn't even get consistent time. But when you look at him, it's like, okay, he f- he fits what you're looking at as a wing he definitely has the shooting ability. We'll keep him on the floor. His defense is good. And like when you watch him in his high school tape with Cade at Mountain Verd it's like this dude's special. So it's one of those. If he recovers plays that I seem to just fall in love with every year since AJ Griffin. I I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's a tough one with all the injury issues, but I know a lot of a lot of people see potential with him. If he didn't have the injury issues, he was he was like a top fifteen guy for me. Now with the injury issues, he's. I take him in the second and hope to God he gets healthy. But I would say that his bottom percentile, he's not in the league. He hits AJ, and then you, I have a weird comp for him as as the uh, top comp. I think he's Desmond Bain because both of them are good defenders good shooters and Dreek as a passer is actually, I, I guess I forgot to talk about him as a passer. He's really a high level passer off the drive. So getting the bulky body that can make passes off drives and shoot and play defense kind of reminds me of Desmond Bain. So uh thank you to everybody who was, who was listening to the Dukies. There's a lot of negatives. There's some positives to both of these prospects, but you know, there, the both of those guys are rated in the Knicks pick area, and I don't know if either of these guys are worthy of that pick as as it stands right now because there's some really good guys like Chris Murray that's rated in the 30s on some mocks. So, uh, do you have anything else you want to talk about these Dukies, or should we wrap this bad boy up?
0: No, our next episode will be reacting to the draft lottery. Um, Will it be tears of joy, tears of sorrow? Uh, we, we don't know but Tuesday will determine a lot about Portland's offseason direction and then we will also come out you with uh mock draft 2.0 using the official draft lottery uh results results that's that's the word I was looking for yeah
1: and and then we'll probably talk about your 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 foreign boo Ryan after that yes sir to get you excited for that so thank you so much for Luke listening to the Duke episode we will be back. I guess Tuesday to react about this draft lottery. It's a very important lottery and uh, we will be talking to you guys later. Peace.